Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about the lore and the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, let's go ahead and introduce the other lore-focused writer on Blizzard Watch. That would be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Uh, it's kind of hot. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're supposed to hit like 100-degree weather for a couple of days here. It's not looking very pleasant at all. Deserts. Yay. Anyway, uh, our other co-host, he is, he's not a lore columnist on Blizzard Watch, but he is a shaman columnist, and he just happens to know a heck of a lot about lore. That would be Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. Well, hello, everybody. Hi, how's it going? I am currently engaged in a battle with a groundhog that is slowly destroying the latticework around my porch. So that's that's been my current status for the last, like, day and a half. You have it's- groundhogs where you're at? Yes, I do. Yeah, and this he's thing, upstate New York. Oh, okay. This thing is about as big. Like, remember the Caddyshack movie with the puppet? Yeah. This thing's about that big. Wow. Do they get that big usually? Up here, yeah. And it's it's bigger than my dog. What and kind of thing, dog do you have? My, my my beagle rat terrier mix. Like my little one named Tristana. She's very tiny, like relatively speaking. But this thing is bigger than her. To the point wow. where if it's outside, she won't go outside because she's literally afraid of it. I think the largest groundhog I've ever heard of is about 20 pounds. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah, they, they can get pretty big. See, I, I remember mean... I, I had a dog growing up, uh, and he was he was actually a Rottweiler Dane cross, and he was big. He was very big. Um, and one day he stuck his head in a hole, and then I heard this <laughs> sound, and he came popping up with a groundhog attached to his face. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it apparently had bit him. Yeah, I I like out here we have to contend with like ground fairy squirrels, dogs. chipmunks, rabbits, and that's about it. You know, you want a prairie dogs. Um, prairie dogs not where not up where I'm at because right, you're in the mountains, right? I, I'm up on a mountain, but like down low in town and around the edges and outskirts of town and out towards like the farming areas. Yes, prairie dogs are really prevalent, but not particularly where I'm at. Not that I've seen anyway, and usually they're pretty visible. Anyway. 
This is all besides the point. Obviously, we're here today to talk about lore, but we're actually going to be doing what we said we do on the last special edition episode, and that would be answering you guys' movie questions. And boy, did we get a lot of them. Um, so much so that I'm not sure we can get through them all in one episode, but by golly, we're going to try. So when I say thank you for sending all these in, thank you guys. I'm really happy with all these questions. Yeah, we got we got so many. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and jump right in, okay? Uh, first one up is from Zell from The Venture Company, who says, Hello, watchers, longtime listener and patron. My question is short and sweet. At the beginning of the movie's novelization, we see a grizzled and gray Cadgar speaking with a still young Varian, which implies that this conversation occurs shortly after the events of the movie. So it seems that Cadgar does get magically aged somehow. How do you think they'll set that up for future movies? Do you think they'll go the route that Joe suggested, Cadgar noticing a wisp of gray in his hair after the Karazhan showdown, or something else entirely? Thank you for all you do. It's always been a pleasure to tune in and nerd out for an hour with y'all. Did you guys read the novelization? No, not yet. No. Okay. I read the novelization and they definitely, he was not described as grizzled. I would not say, did they say there was gray in his hair? Yes, absolutely. And there was the implication that he was older. And yeah, that kind of struck me as odd too, because when I saw the film, it was pretty clear he hadn't really aged much of at all really so i mean to me there's a couple different ways they can go with it yeah they can go with the the slow like transformation like i like mentioned but there's also the other possibility of right now because we have a different universe and there's a different representation of everything that's happening he could be going into a whole different direction with what he's studying as far as his arcane lore is concerned concerned and depending on what he's spending his energy on it could be a result of that too i think there will be a touch of that if in the coming movies i believe they said they wanted it ideally to be a trilogy um so i think we're going to see a little bit more of that from there and i think that's the angle that they're probably going to spin is because now he doesn't want azeroth to come under that much attack again and you know these things are horrible the fells here i know about this but i don't know nearly enough and everything i had was burned by medivh when he was you know being his weird crazy mean self and i think that i personally think that that's the way they'll go for what do you think rossi I think he's suffering from the after effects of channeling all that fell. It He did it, and it looked like it didn't hurt him, but we don't know the long-term effects of it. So I think that when he channeled all that fell energy and blew up Deadwind Pass... By the way, nice way to make Deadwind Pass. Uh, kudos. Yeah, yep, that was really actually like that. pretty clever. <laughs> but uh, I think that, you know, down the road, we don't know what the after effects are. Obviously, that stuff was so toxic to Medivh that it was, like, killing him, and he had to keep getting in the magic pool. So, um... Yeah, I think I think we'll see what happened to Cadgar down the road. I think the it's going to have lasting effects. Cadgar doesn't have a magic pool because that thing was kind of oh. destroyed when he did the explosion thing too. I just so. had a weird thought about that too. What? Well, in the in the in regular lore, wasn't it Medivh? It, Karazhan was built on like the crux of all the ley lines, wasn't it? Like at that point, right? Like they had all been pulled through there, and technically, if we want to get into it, that's kind of what the font would have been, or at a least a bit, tap yeah. into it. So. That could also could not have been necessarily from channeling the fell, but at that point, Kagar tapped into essentially pure leyline energy. At that point, that could be a whole other kettle of fish to, a to dive boy into. Wizard suddenly became a man. No, um, <laughs> I think that as far as the novelization is concerned, now you have to understand that these novelizations and things like that are also written well before the film is released. Um, I don't know when. Golden finished the no- this particular novelization, but usually, usually when you run into a book that's 
written on like an upcoming video game release or something like that. It goes to the publisher well before the game is even a final product. Um, so it could be a discrepancy just because of that. I highly doubt it, though, because the impression that I got from that whole situation was that it was some time after the events of the end of the movie, like maybe a couple of months, maybe a year, not sure. Um, and we'll probably figure that out once the second movie comes out, presuming that there is a second movie. Gosh, I hope there's a second movie. Um, Apparently but China agrees with you. Right, yep. and I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning towards what, what Joe said in terms of what is he studying, what is he doing. The thing is, is like, he figured out how to get rid of the fell. He figured out how to expel it. He figured out how to absorb it and then just like spend that energy. So if he is in fact still fighting these orcs that are still on this, on the Azeroth side of the portal, maybe that's taking its toll on him at that point. Don't know, but we'll find out more about that in the future. I hope. Um, so I hope that answers your questions. Zell. next question is from Ashin who says, Hi, Watchers. I enjoyed your discussion last week and about... Ooh, okay. Wait. This is a confusing sentence. I enjoyed your discussion last week. I'd like to know what you think about the fact that Stormwind wasn't destroyed, what that means for the Warcraft cinematic universe. Do you think they're going to tell a similar story to the established lore, minus the destruction of Stormwind? What about the destruction of Draenor in the Warcraft 2 time period? Do you think that they'll have to compromise on some of these big events? Because... Like World of Warcraft, they have to avoid an ending, even for a single movie, where one side has clearly, quote, unquote, won. Keep up the good work, Ashin. What do you guys think? So there's a couple different ways they can go about that, right? So we have a ton of possibility right now because the story of the first movie was very narrow in scope as far as like to where make it, it was going to. Yeah, I feel like to make it clear, we should point out that at the end of Warcraft 1, Orcs and Humans, the Orcs won. They destroyed mm -hmm. Stormwind. They killed everything. <laughs> it was not a happy ending for humankind, for humanity in general. And it ended with Lothar going up north to Lordaeron. Like, that was the end of the first war. This is obviously not what occurs in the movie. Because while the movie has, like, a fairly dramatic death in it, there's no... They don't run over Stormwind. And in fact... It, they don't even get everybody, like the entire horde, through the portal. They just they still have that original war band plus some added people, but then the portal shut down. So that's what's being discussed here. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. No, that's that's perfectly fine, and that's a perfectly good framework to work with. But we don't know where in the timeline the current movie sort of ended as far as what they want it to be. It's kind all, of its own thing, isn't it's it? It's its own thing, right. So this totally could be a thing where Gul'dan now has spent his time figuring out how to open the portal again. Because at this point, the portal's not destroyed. It's still kind of there. It's just dormant. Right? Also, we should, we should point out that in this setting, Gul'dan isn't the one who opened the portal for the Horde to come through. It was Medivh and his Medivh slash Sargeras. Uh, and as a result, Gul'dan can't open it. He's left yes. in a situation where, yeah, but he's left in a situation where he has a tenuous grip at best on the Horde. He's been shown to, quote-unquote, cheat. They don't trust him. Nobody likes him. And his greatest pawn, Doomhammer, is dead. The Horde currently doesn't really have a war chief. Not Doomhammer, Blackhand. Blackhand, Blackhand sorry, Doomhammer's yeah. Doomhammer's still, yeah. still alive. Doomhammer's still well. kicking around. 
with a yep. tusk from Durotan. That'll that be important sad. later. Blackhand's dead. Um, Durotan's dead, and obviously he died in front of the entire horde. You know, through treachery, they all saw it as treachery. Even the fell corrupted orcs were like, "Whoa, what the heck? I don't like this at all. What's wrong with your face?" You kind of you know? stepped over a line here. I mean, that line is pretty blurry, but so it's, you it's jumped a, over it. It's completely different than the end of Warcraft 1 where Gul'dan was in a coma. Um, Doomhammer had killed Blackhand and took over the Horde and raised Stormwind to the ground. Like, it's it's a different animal entirely. Uh, for all we know, like, we, we don't even know where this is going. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen to Lothar or Garona or any of it. Heck, Varian has a sister in this. He didn't have he a sister does. in the main timeline. He does. He has a sister. And everybody, for there were there were several people who, who thought that maybe that was Prester, like Lady Katrona Prester, because she was wearing kind of the same outfit, but it was definitely not the same person. In the, in the uh, novelization, she was even given a name, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she does have a name, and she's very clearly defined as Varian's older sister. Go figure. Yeah. So there's, there is not, this is not the same setting. Like for all we know, mm-hmm. Lothar isn't going to die. For the all we know, Stormwind may never fall. Another thing, Lothar's younger here. Yes, much younger. Like, Lothar in our timeline was old. Like he was an old man in our timeline. Lane ruled for years, years. Not like you know this. This Lane's reign seems to have been significantly shorter. Like our Lane took over. And the first war lasted years. Lane is also significantly younger, really. So it's the more you try and make it fit exactly with the timeline of the games, the less it's going to make sense to you. Uh, It's it jumps off from the games, but it's very much a a case of them going, "Okay, we're doing a movie. We need this to fit into the movie instead of, okay, let's recreate the three games as a movie. And I mean, it's also, I, I mean, I, um, I imagine there's also a matter of just simple time constraints. There's only, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can show in one film. And if they end it here and then do a sequel, they could start that sequel with a montage that talks about, for the past 10 years we've been fighting, blah, 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 and suddenly everybody's older. I mean, they could go that route with it. They, um, could. But they, like, could, also do, they could also do something completely different, too. Like... It, Nothing says Stormwind has to fall, right? Well, and here's Stormwind... my thought, though, right? What you do is, if you're doing the second film, you start that second film at the end of the first war. Like, you skip that whole ten years or however long the first long or the first war stretch was and just jump in with them fleeing Stormwind. You know, like, jump in or... at that moment of desperation and then start things, kick things off in Lordaeron and go from there. You the other the other side of the coin too is they could decide to flip it on its head and Lordaeron could be the one that got sacked, not Stormwind. That'd because be a little different. It would be a little different, but at the end of the and I'm just thinking about this, at the end of the movie when the alliance was forming, I didn't see a whole lot of human royalty everywhere. Like I saw a little bit, but like nothing super iconic. Like it was a couple guys in crowns. There was more than just that at the time in the human kingdoms. So well, it's entirely circle, possible. That big circle of people at the table when they were all talking things over, it looked like there were representatives from several different kingdoms mm-hmm. there. So, I mean, I'm just saying like they could, they could do it that way too. And that could also be what gives Gul'dan his 
power to reopen the portal from that destruction or whatever the case is. There's a ton of different ways they can go with it that don't necessarily have to fit the established game lore. Because like Rossi said, like Anna said, and like I've said, it is a completely different universe. Yeah, you don't really have to bounce off of the game lore here. You just Mm -hmm. have to bounce off of the first movie and what makes sense in context of that first movie for a second one. So I, I looked it up. Her name is Adarial. Thank you. I was trying to remember, and I'm like, Adderall? No, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't remember what the heck her name is. But um, hopefully that kind of clears it up a little bit, because it's not... It's a different universe, so they have to do kind of different things with it. Asheen. Asheen. Your name is spelled Oisin, and it's pronounced Asheen, and it's very disconcerting. I'm sorry. For murdering it, it's it's a little it's weird. For me I actually, I actually had a, a guild member by that name years ago. So really? I keep, I keep wanting to pronounce it like he used to. Oh, <laughs> and that was completely different. Completely different. <laughs> okay. Well, our next email comes from Germ, who says, "Hello, watchers. Germ here. First time question. Well, statement question. Questment. That's good. That's I like that term. He says I like the film a lot, but I found it odd when Garona." told Gul'dan at the end, if you do this, you'll lose the Horde. Sure, she might not be in a position to lead the Horde herself, but Killin' Lane and Blackhand being the deads must put her near the top. I just can't see what motivation she has for providing Gul'dan with that council. Maybe it's just because she has the feels for Lothar, but it represents a singular best chance to honor Lane's final request to help bring peace, and Lane did so much more for her at that point than Lothar. Also, Medivh seems pretty okay with his baby girl having feels for one of his best friends i think that'd be creepy thanks for all you do germ uh i'm not quite sure what you think would happen if if at this point goldon did the thing that she told him not to do i i don't know we can just spoil it if she'd basically just gone over and fuck and dishonored the makora and killed lothar um yes it probably would have started a fight but that doesn't necessarily mean goldon would lose it it just means that whatever comes out of it, the people that are most likely to oppose him might end up dead. I mean, they just watched him kill Duraton. There's a reason that they didn't jump him after that. They were disgusted, but they were also scared. They were kind of horrified. And then yeah. right after that, when a bunch of people were like, yeah, we're out of here. And they start walking away and he just kind of like Hoover, casually, hoovers yeah. them, casually hoovers the life out of them. That's when everybody went okay, we don't like you, but we're going to do what you say because we'd rather not have that treatment done to us. Thanks. Now, it's true that they might have gone into open revolt at that point and maybe he'd lose, but that's a big maybe. You're basically saying, why didn't Corona gamble? And I think the answer is she felt like she'd gambled enough. Like this is a case where if you take that chance and you lose, Lothar dies, Lane doesn't get Lane's body doesn't get back to his people. Uh, his people don't rally and unify. And meanwhile, Gul'dan purges the horde of everybody who's got who's kind of iffy on him at this point. Well, he, it might work. He might get his head crushed. I mean, there's a lot of horde. Maybe they rush him and he can't kill all of them. Or maybe he does kill all of them and then he has enough power to rip the portal open. And they're like, the other horde are like, what happened? And be like, the humans, let's go. I, I, it's You're saying you're putting a lot on the possibility that she was wrong. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to put a lot on the possibility that she tactically was weighing the choices. And, and here's the thing. You're in that fight. You look over and you see this portal opening up and it's not Gul'dan that did it. It's not him chanting. It's not his magic that did this thing. And 
you see it then disappear and then you see him freak out because at one point like they zoom in on him and he is you know visibly like okay what just happened here this is not good this is not what i planned so obviously there is something more powerful than whatever Gul'dan had pledged allegiance to out there and i think she's more gambling on the fact of keeping as many things alive as she can her own people included because at this point she can't go with the humans they don't trust her and the horde is the only thing that she has that would safely resemble quote unquote a family or whatever the case is they're the only ones that are going to take her in at this point because she's already a hero and she understands that if he dies now this is going to fracture this is going to be horrible and everybody's going to kill each other, and then I'm going to have nothing. Whereas whatever just sh- shut that portal down, I'm wondering if I can buy enough time that we can get that on our side and have that remove him. And hopefully it's somebody on the Alliance and we can bridge this gap. I think it was more of a tactical decision than the, oh God, I have the feels. The The other thing that is made clear in the novelization is that part of it is that she does have the feels. She wants Lothar to get out of there alive. She doesn't want Lothar killed. And this was like her last favor to Lothar. She couldn't tell him that she was doing it. She couldn't tell Gul'dan, no, don't kill him. I love him because that would be disastrous all over the place. So all she could do is point out logically, you know, point out something to Gul'dan. That he's already Point out the thing that matters the most to him. Point out that... If you do this, you're going to lose control over them entirely because that's the one point he can't argue. And he can't argue that point at that moment because everybody's still kind of like, we don't know if we trust you or not anymore. He needs to regain that trust. So in order to do that, he needs to honor his people's customs. He needs to let them let Lothar go. You know, and in that moment, Garona has saved Lothar, although it doesn't really matter at that point, because as far as he's concerned, she killed Lane. She's enemy number one, and he's not happy with her at all. Um, Plus, I mean, there is also a fact that Goldon is a lot of things, but he's not stupid. No, he's definitely not stupid. I mean, he's not stupid in the game universe. He's not stupid here either. And not only does he know, yes, uh, I'm, I'm risking my people's belief if I attack this guy, he's also aware I might not be able to kill him. He just took down Blackhand in a couple of seconds. He just ripped through yep. Blackhand like he was... Literally ripped through butter. <laughs> Yeah, Blackhand, who was, who was fell augmented at that point. Blackhand was the most powerful fell orc there. And he, he was already, this... like, arguably the most powerful orc before he got fell infused yeah. to begin with. Yeah. He was already, like, the biggest, strongest orc anyone had seen... Now he was the fell augmented monster orc, and he died in seconds. Now, Gul'dan's pretty confident in his strength and power. He, he's confident in his magic, but he doesn't really know what this guy can do. And he just saw him take Blackhand out in, like, nothing. It took him nothing to do it. Do you now, think he set up that duel with Blackhand because, on the one hand, he figured, okay, I've augmented this dude with enough fell energy that he could probably, you know squeeze juice from a horse so maybe it'll take him down or do you think he also maybe there was something in there where he said well Blackhand hasn't exactly been the most trustworthy so if he dies in this scenario it's not really that bad I wouldn't put it past Gul'dan but I don't think I don't think he would have wanted the Makora if it was up to him Yeah, I I, I think he would have just had Lothar killed while he was out and and be done with it but he was not in a position to insist on that 
after he'd after he'd you know played around with the other Makora and not completed it successfully, by his people standards he lost, and that bothered him because he knew it was a wedge. Up to that point, he'd played them perfectly. The whole bit where he like, for instance, when he saves Draka's kid and says a new warrior for the horde, he did that to be a show. Which that ties in later with another another question we'll get to. So I think to a certain degree, Gul'dan is not the kind of orc. When he's angry enough, if you push him enough, he'll do it. He'll unleash his power. He'll show off. But if he's currently contemplative, if he has a moment to think, he is not going to take an action that might risk him. Well, in, any universe, that... in any universe, Gul'dan's first and only love is Gul'dan. Yep. Plus, so... I mean, his creation, I'm pretty sure he had enough... Uh hubris and i'll say it just like that he had enough hubris to believe that this ultimate warrior that he has created will be able to take some one single puny human down so there was no reason for him to to really argue against it on top of that because this is the most powerful thing i've created and this is the symbol of my authority over the horde and he's going to go crush one pathetic human sweet i can can sit back and wait and in seconds his guy's dead like lothar killed him so fast that it was like what (laughs) all the orcs were like um now, I argue, had that fight had gone on for longer, you may have seen Gul'dan start to like try to cheat again. Oh, yeah. But the fact that it was over so quickly is what made that he, whole thing happen. He didn't even have a chance to try and cheat. Yeah. And Gul'dan's not stupid. So I think, uh, you know, part of it was Garona reasoning with Gul'dan in the only way that she knew how, the only way that would affect him. And part She's of it was... She's do that, too. Yeah, and part of it was Gul'dan, you know, having the intelligence to go, okay, I'm going to step back. I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to step back. I need a plan B. I I need, I need to think of a plan B here. Actually, I think at this point he's probably on plan C. Because plan A was just open the portal and yay win. Plan B was, okay, well, we didn't get that done, but you know, I'll just, we'll just regroup and do it. Oh, wait, now we just lost the war chief. What the hell is going on? (laughs) Okay. So moving on to the next question, uh, it says, uh, there's no name on this one, but it says, hello, uncanny, astonishing, extraordinary, amazing, spectacular, superior, lore watch force. And Spider-Man. I love that. I love that. And that was, that was a long one. Uh, they say, I really enjoyed the Warcraft, the movie, but one thing that really stuck with me after the movie was the connection that Gul'dan now has with Thrall. Not only did he kill Durotan, but he was there at Thrall's birth. The self-proclaimed darkness incarnate not only delivered Thrall into the world, but he gave the stillborn baby Thrall warlock CPR by sucking out the soul of a deer and using it to heal baby Thrall. I don't think they'll end up giving Thrall the Inigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die story, but I wouldn't mind seeing a Thrall versus Gul'dan on elements versus fell magic battle down the line ramifications of Gul'dan's impact on his life aside I'm curious to see what you guys think they should do with Thrall in the Warcraft universe going forward Durtan's Jor-El-esque ending narration aside was a little hammy but good nonetheless would you like to see Orgrim find a young Thrall or do you think they go the more traditional Lord of the Clans route with him also the orc that was going to kill Kaelin before Blackhand stepped up that was Grom he had Gorehowl at the ready also on a completely random note if Duncan gets to do a sequel, I'd love to see Deathwing and Alexstrasza show up. I, I just have this sublime vision in my head of the Horde enslaving the Red Dragons and using them to burn Stormwind to the ground while Lothar rushes to get everyone to safety. Keep up the excellent work. Um, I should point out here, there, there's a little bit of a discrepancy between the novelization and the movie itself. In the novelization, Gul'dan still, he like takes the fell magic and gives it to Thrall to make the baby come alive. But nobody actually sees him doing it. 
Like it's something that he does and it's very um, obscured. So like one second there's dead baby and the next second baby is alive and it's bright green, but nobody kind of figured out what exactly happened there. Whereas in the movie, it was really, really obvious. So I'm not sure if they made it obvious in the movie for the sake of the audience or if everybody else also saw exactly what Gul'dan did to this kid. I'm thinking that they didn't, though, because nobody was particularly horrified by that. Durtan yeah. included. Yeah, because I mean, you got to say they were just coming through that initial portal gap where they're coming out of the water at this point. And in, the deer was at the edge of the forest. Who, who the heck was paying attention to that as opposed to the now pregnant orc giving birth in front of them? I so think like, to, also, to, to be fair, it's not entirely possible. It's entirely possible they didn't see the, the deer die or even see that it was there. It may have only right. been Goldon even noticed it. Was it was just audience perspective. They wanted right, to show right, because they zoomed okay. in on it. Right. That's what I was. That's kind of what I was. They may have just seen. Oh, they may have just seen. You know, Goldon hold his hand out and then suddenly do magic stuff. Because like, like nobody commented on, "Whoa, you just hoovered a deer and made a kid come to life." Like that wasn't even a thing. So I'm thinking that nobody really noticed it. It's possible no one noticed it or no one, you know. Okay, no one so, really thought thought of what it meant. So going back to the commentary at hand here, obviously Gul'dan now has this really deep connection to Thrall that didn't exist before. So how do you guys think something like that's going to play out? Uh, maybe I, I hope to God it isn't Darth. It doesn't go Darth Vadery on us. I am your true father. I gave you life. <laughs> Shut up, Tulsa Doom. Like you know, you know who who made yes, my son. For who made you if not I? Hi, I himself was, really loves that, by the way. <laughs> I just, I hope they don't go that way. But um, it would be kind of interesting if there is, if he manages to, like, I can actually see Goldon playing on it to a degree, going like, you know, yes, I did kill your father, but it was a Magora. It, it's the way of things. It's our way. And, you know, in a way, I'm responsible for you now. So come to the Horde, and I'll take care of you and, and teach you how to be a leader. Thrall, uh, I'll be of- your father. <laughs> They could do lots of stuff like that. They could go with the Inigo Montoya-esque revenge route. They could, you know, there's a lot of different ways it could go. Um, I think, obviously, Doomhammer has that tooth. He pulled the tusk out of Durotan's tooth, out of jaw. So he's going to probably well, try he, and give it to him. Doesn't he also say, like, when he's doing that, like, a for token your son. for your son? Yeah. yeah. So he's going to be looking for the kid. Um, but he might not know the kid survived. I mean, they're going to, he might, we, right now, he doesn't even know Draka's dead. That closing credit scene with the baby mm-hmm. implied that the baby was picked up by humans. So I think they are probably going to go that more traditional Lord of the Clans route, though how much they actually cleave to that, don't know. Don't know, don't know yet. A sequel will probably shed some light on that. I'm just saying, we need a sequel. I, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel to me like they're changing things just to change them. It feels like they change things when it makes the story quicker, stronger, too. more streamlined. Yeah. Yeah. So it's likely it won't be that different. It just there's more element like it, since Gul'dan in, in the in the games, Gul'dan is a villain, but he is not the only one. Mm-hmm. And like there's Nurzul doesn't even appear in these movies like he is. There is no Nurzul yet. We haven't even seen him. So by making Gul'dan a much more overarching figure, by making him much more of the lead, the open, overt leader of the Horde and a bad guy like that you see and interact with. Yeah, because there's no mention of the Shadow Council. Yeah. There's yeah. no mention of it's just Gul'dan. It's, Gul'dan is that guy that you can point your finger to and go, okay, that's the bad guy. Yeah. So by making this a more, a more direct connection between him and Thrall, 
Um, it, it gives there's more depth, and also Thrall might hesitate. Like you, you might. It's one thing to kill the dude that killed your your dad, but what if you owe him your life too? Do you know what I mean? There's there's more tension there. Well, so. I think it's also going to depend a lot on who who finds him first. Like if it is Ogrim that that finds him first and tells him everything that happened, which will be interesting if he, you know, he understands Orgish or whatever by that point. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays on it as well, because they could totally go like the the re- they could go revenge plot. It may not be full Inigo Montoya, but they could go revenge plot where, you know, Ogrim's like, you're the one true leader of the Horde. This is your your father's right has been passed down to you. We need to go kill, you know, Hunchy Spike back over there. So they could totally do that, and I could totally see that happening. And I mean, that for that go- matter, you know, I'm totally agreeing with you. One of the things that is, we're not, we don't even know if we're going to have the internment camps. True. We yeah, and I was, I was thinking have, that too. Yeah. We don't know if we're going to have uh, a bunch of broken orcs who need to be rescued. By time because they're they're not all, shattered at this point, right? They're yeah. not they're not broken like in the original games. Yeah, they're not. We don't know. They're not yeah, listless. They're going to be. A, we don't know how this is going to like develop. So it might develop that 20 years down the road or 15 or however long it takes for Thrall to, to reach the point where he can pick up a really big axe. Um, that He might have spent that time amongst hum, a human family that isn't, you know, trading him like a, a gladiator slave. You know, he might not be Thrall. We don't know. We, I, and if again, they're gonna go, if they're going to go clear trilogy with this, hmm? logically speaking, the route I see them taking is with that second film, like I said, you open up with the destruction of Stormwind and kind of do a quick montage of everything that's happened in the past however many years and then shuffle into the events of the Second War and end the film with the Horde being captured or whatever. Don't even bring Thrall into it because Thrall's story is that third film. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'll be honest. If you bring him in, bring him in as like an end credits bonus thing where it's like, oh, look, it's the kid. That's where he's been all this time, you know. Also but, true. And it, it's also entirely possible, that, like, like you were saying, that we don't know which family picked him up and they could not right. do any of the Blackmore stuff. This could totally be it could have been like it could be the Foxtons that found him and the Foxtons are a happy family that are living on the outskirts of, you know, it may be like at the end of the second movie, like he gets picked, you know, he gets swept up in some big orc capture. Sure. And ripped away from them, and then he ends up in Blackmore. We don't. It, we know. It, we have no, it's no idea. It's kind of interesting too, from a geography standpoint, because Blackmore was obviously he was up north, like way up north, and yeah, Frostwolf lands were way up north, like in. And I'm talking about game standpoint because yeah, they were know? exiled from the horde. They, they were exiled from the horde. They were way up north, and they were killed on their way home yeah he's but probably here, in elwyn forest somewhere yeah this is like elwyn forest somewhere or somewhere down south closer to where the dark portal was at blasted lands so Last how point. far did he get on that river where did that river take him and who picked him up and this is all stuff that's going to be answered in well, I mean, upcoming films i'm sure i just realized it's the mismantles oh mismantles brother no i'm just kidding oh uh, no no creepy okay so we're going to move on to the next question here though uh who said? And this is from Braylon, who says, "Hi, Lore Watchers. Braylon here, longtime internet listener and proud Patreon supporter. My question has to do with the Fell and quote unquote demons. Since the first movie, at least, was silent on the Burning Legion, the whole Gul'dan, Medivh, the Fell thing either didn't work for me or was too muddled for me to follow clearly. The movie didn't make it clear where the Fell came from, just that it was." quote-unquote, evil magic not native to Azeroth. But clearly, because of Medivh becoming a demon at the end, it has demon-y connections. What 
are those? What purpose, without Sargeras's possession, did Medivh have for tap- tapping it? Why and how did Gul'dan come across it and decide it was a good thing to tap? I just felt that the game canon's motivations for demonic magic, i.e. the Legion, was very clear, while in the movie, the fel- fell felt more like the evil MacGuffin-y thing that made the movie go. Was there some c- sort of connection motivation that I just missed after two viewings? Or were the motivations simply not there, not clear? And if so, why not? Do you think it's intended as a mystery to be explained in the sequels? Or was it just an oversight or simply unsatisfying bad magic is bad? To be fair, in the original like Warcraft RTS games, the Orcs vs. Humans, it was a very mysterious thing. Like it was... yeah. We're talking about like Shadow Council stuff where like Gul'dan wasn't at the forefront of it. Fell magic and demons weren't really a thing. It was literally just an invading force of orcs coming to kill a bunch of humans and take over their planet. And that's like, what we got were, in the movie here. They were just yeah. I mean there was there was actually a few demons mentioned. Like Sargeras is mentioned all the way back. Sure, yes. But it is never it's never was never made particularly explicit. But that's the other thing we here too. We know all of this in hindsight and we right. know all this like retrospectively we know all of this stuff that's gone on. But somebody just walking into the movie theater sitting down to watch a movie does not have that knowledge of that 20 years worth of history. All they really need to know is that the green stuff is bad. Yep, they don't need to know where it comes from It can be clarified yet. later. It doesn't have yeah, to exactly. be clarified now. It Maybe it doesn't even ever have to be clarified. Maybe it's just the thing, and it makes demons pop up, and those demons may or may not be explained, but they're bad, and so is the fell stuff. All I know is I think that they still missed an opportunity to make an inferno out of the clay golem, but, you know, whatever. That would have been pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I, was, I, I was totally I expecting felt, I was like, it's going to go inferno. No. I, I felt like that the golem was kind of a callback to, like, all the golems in Karazhan. It yeah. Was. But it didn't look enough like any of them, so I was like, uh It wasn't like the mechanical constructs that he's got. Well, the arcane yeah. constructs that he's got walking around in there. The whole, yeah. It wasn't quite the same thing. The menagerie is not open. Anyway, um, no, <laughs> it... <laughs> I didn't really have a problem with it. it gone infernal because it kind of looked like them. My my thing was that since this this you know um Braylon here um you seem to actually know the backstory, which I did as well obviously, mm-hmm. and us knowing the backstory means we know the backstory. We know that he turns into Sargeras at the end. You can see it. It looks just like Sargeras. It's got the horns and everything. Um, so I think it's pretty clear that the Legion is involved. But that we're not going to see them yet. It's just, just not important to yet. the story at hand yet, yeah. if at all. Uh, in terms of where Goldon found out about it, the implication to me was that Medivh was not entirely in control of himself when he yep. took his jaunt over to Draenor no. to, to meet Garona's mom and do the things he was doing. Like, at least some of that was at Sargeras's behest, or whatever you want to call it. You know... And, and Gul'dan is obviously aware of these things, perhaps even tipped off to them. And we even have at one point Garona talking to Medivh when she's in the cage. And Medivh is like, what, how did he do this? How, does he, how did he open that portal? How did he know about that portal? And she's like, well, I, he was commu- in communications with something. And he's like, you saw this? She's like, no, but I heard it. It had a voice like flames. That was clearly oh, yeah. him talking to the demon inside Medivh. Because Medivh was like, what? Medivh was beginning to put things together Medivh at that point. Medivh didn't know. Yeah, Medivh didn't know until that point. And then he was like, wait a minute. And when you look at no? the story that he gave for going to Draenor, and also everything that he kind of 
reference at the end there, like his final words where he was like, loneliness is our greatest enemy. It could be that Sargeras, you know, insidiously working inside of him and affecting his mind said, yeah, you're real lonely, aren't you? You're real sad. This is real super sad. You should find somebody. You should find somebody worthy of being with you. Go to the ends of the earth if you have to. Go beyond the ends of the earth. Hey, look. You know that fell magic that you discovered? Oh, yeah, the other thing. If you want to know about how Medivh tapped into the fell magic for the first time, go read the Bonds of Brotherhood graphic novel because that explains it. <laughs> Basically, there was an attack going on on Stormwind by trolls, and the trolls were using this fell magic yep. for some reason. So it is on Azeroth. It is native to Azeroth. It's not like it's not native to Azeroth, but it's something very strange that they well, don't I mean, really it, get. And because we know the creation myth of the world, we kind of understand where that came from and why, so it makes kind of sense. What's yeah. this exact phrase to it, something along the lines of, it has no place in this world? Yeah. Like, he wasn't he wasn't saying that it's not here. He was saying it shouldn't be here. It shouldn't be here. And, and to be and to be perfectly honest, it kind of falls into what what is a classic movie trope of the fantasy genre, whenever it involves magic. Like you can go back to like Merlin and and all those other movies from the late seventies, early eighties. Whenever they dealt with magic, there was always the black magic and white magic. There was always this big distinction between the two. Here's the and, good stuff. Here's the bad exactly. stuff. Exactly, and that's and that's what fell was in this story. It's it was the, bad the classic stuff. trope of the bad stuff, and so it doesn't it doesn't need a further explanation. Quicker, easier, more seductive. Yep, exactly. And again, if this is something that they want to go into with future films, it's obvious that, you know, the dominoes have been set in place to line that up. But it does they don't need to be knocked over just yet. They're just there waiting in the wings for and eventually if that eventually ever comes. If not, doesn't matter. Green stuff, bad. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Ecto cooler lied to you. Ecto cooler oh, lied. Oh, not Ecto cooler. Okay, next question is from Colton. Argent Dawn US, who says, Greetings, Lore Watchers. Recently, I've gotten into some of the books. I've only read War Crimes, Chronicles, and Illidan so far. One of the biggest shockers to me was the use of souls to power Illidan's portals, and then we saw the same thing in the movie that souls were used to fuel the dark portal to Azeroth. Was there anything previously in the game or books that the dark portal was powered on Draenei souls? Do you think there will be any carryover of the fell from the movie to the game? There's been a lot of speculation about Shadow Priests using void magic, but I'm wondering if there will be larger ramifications to our warlocks come legion as well thanks for all the wonderful work you do colton okay well, colton i'm gonna say this right off the bat nothing from the movie is making it in game it's two separate things but okay joe go sorry i'm gonna let rossi handle this one first uh, okay, i was rossi. gonna say that warlocks have been using souls to power things including portals forever um demonic gateway powered by souls it's things warlocks do they pull soul souls out stones. soul shards soul stones yeah Warlocks mess around with souls. In terms of, we didn't really know what the Dark Portal was powered by until um, I, we kind of see a little bit in Warlords of Draenor, but the Dark Portal we see there is powered by Warlocks. They actually strap mm -hmm. Warlocks into it and power it with them. But think of it this way. When the first Dark Portal was made, the road to it is paved with Draenei skulls. They they killed a lot of Draenei so to make many. that thing work. And that was that was established as far back as like Warcraft two. That's a Draenei bone highway right there. Yeah, and it's it, really disturbing. And they established that too in Burning Crusade. When you first step through the portal, that path of glory is paved in bones. Yeah, that they, it is literally a road of the dead. They killed as many Draenei as they could in the construction of the Dark Portal, 
And while they never specifically said, because we're using their souls to power it, <laughs> they, they did, you know, it was pretty established. Warlocks do bad things and everything around them dies. Since Vanilla, um, warlocks have always had to use soul shards to fuel summoning portals. So yeah. it's kind of a thing. Yeah. In terms of like the the game, I don't. The game's portrayal of fell magic and warlocks doesn't have to have any ramifications because, if anything, the movie was just stealing that. Yeah. Yep. And changing it a little bit, but only a little. Yeah, but mostly changing it just by name. Really, it, it isn't really altering it significantly. I mean, the only thing we we see in the movie that we don't see warlocks doing in the game is Medivh's pool of purification, which is more of a plot device than anything else. It explains how Medivh can keep kept from going crazy as long as he did. Um, He's got his arcane day spa set up in the tower, so you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, in terms of that, yeah, it's th- there's nothing needs to to be added to to Warcraft. No, and I mean, and you and you hit it on the head too. And if you've ever played a warlock, even through vanilla, like you go to the little den, like especially alliance warlocks, you go into the little den of secrets in the middle of you know. Stormwind and it's a bloody cellar like it's not clean it's not pristine it's kind of a den of horrors and anywhere you go that there's warlocks it's a den of horrors so there there is very clearly that connection already in the game and has been for a very long time it's just never outright said and I, they yeah, don't warlocks don't... warlocks don't go around telling everybody else by the way here's your uncle hey ah, you remember was... that remember that rabbit infestation you had totally took care of it for... don't ask just, yeah. just don't ask you don't want to know and you can't get under the slaughtered lamb unless you got the secret password. This portal is powered by the souls of these bunnies. Oh, the no more locks to creep me the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next email actually has like a series of questions, so we'll kind of rapid fire through these. Okay, guys? Yeah, go for it. All right, so first question uh, says, did Khadgar level up Golden Glow after defeating Medivh? It certainly looked like he did. Okay, Joe? I didn't hear a ding, so I'm going to say no. <laughs> I think that's when he ca- became man-wizard instead of boy-wizard. <laughs> like, it was that moment. It was like, ding! Level 60. Now he's good. Hey, and okay. nobody said grats in all chat, so I mean, <laughs> there's no proof that he leveled up. Yeah, nobody Lothar, said grats. No, Lothar said grats to him. Look, look, the... Uh, the... Lothar walked up to him and said, you did really good, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I got... Uh, that was the grats. And maybe the golem would have said grats, except that its, you know, head had been sliced in half. Anyway, okay. Number two. Did Medivh die at the end of the movie? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yes. He was crushinated, but good. And, yeah, like... That's a meme we won't see him again. That, 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 that wasn't, like, mostly dead. That was dead dead. But that doesn't say that he can't come back. Because the thing is, is he died in The Last Guardian, too. He was beheaded in mm-hmm. The Last Guardian. And yet he came back for Warcraft 3. So dead isn't necessarily dead in the Warcraft universe. And I think that applies to the movie universe as well. Maybe we'll see him again in the future. I hope we do. Because I really liked him a lot. Okay. Uh, number three. If Medivh was only gone six years, how did he father Garona, who is in her 20s? Go. Wibbly wobbly, major agey time stuff. Orcs don't age at the same speed as humans. Possibly Gul'dan did some magic-y stuff. Who knows? Maybe Gul'dan life-hoovered her into her 20s. We also don't know how he traveled to there. It could have been through time and space. We already know that Azeroth has a time guardian, and he's this arcane masterpiece that has all this power from all these beings. He totally could have just been like, yeah, I'm going to go to that planet. That's a great idea. Thanks for that big idea voice in my head how do i get there oh this incantation okay cool why okay it's back in time i don't know the difference is a new planet to me 
So totally possible. Draenor's days are very short. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, next question. Number four. What time frame would Gul'dan... Or, excuse me, sequel speculation questions. That's what these two are, okay? Number four. What time frame would Gul'dan create the first Death Knights? Could they be in the second movie? They could be. They could be, but I think it'd be more like a third movie thing, if anything. If they started the first or the second film with the destruction of Stormwind, then yes, you could probably see Death Knights in it. If they do not, if they chose to choose to go some other route, which they could, because it's like its own thing, then maybe you won't see them right away. Or maybe you will, because that would be pretty cool. The thing is, is that you could see them even if Stormwind doesn't get destroyed till like, maybe if, even if it doesn't get destroyed maybe at all. Maybe Gul'dan wants to create some really loyal soldiers. He's got all those dead human soldiers. Keep in mind, he's got a bunch of dead Knights of Stormwind yep. laying around. What after better that way to keep the Horde under his thumb than to create an army of their own dead mm-hmm. to keep them in line, which is kind of gross, but cool at the same time. Okay, uh, number five. Do you think Gul'dan will have to open the portal again in order to go off raise the tomb of Sargeras, or will he just take the orcs that came through the first time? I think the reason opening the portal again is definitely going to be a plan of his. Oh, yeah. Like, it's been established as an important thing. It's also been established as an I win button for him. The, he has the numbers. Now, does he have the numbers with everyone allied? I don't know. At the end of this movie, everybody was like, oh, yeah, we totally should have allied with you. Yeah, okay, Lothar, you're in charge. You, you lead us. So maybe it's not an I win button for him this time, and maybe he'll do something else. But I don't think he'd ever shy away from the idea of getting his numbers up. Because right now, they are outnumbered. Oh, yeah. Well, the other side of the coin, too, is that nothing says the Tomb of Sargeras actually exists in this universe. That's true. We don't know yet. So we have no idea if that's even a thing or if that's ever a thing that needs to happen anymore. Because uh, game lore, the Tomb of Sargeras is quite literally a plot device. Let's be honest about it. While it may be cool lore-wise, it is a plot device to move other pieces of the story along, including the upcoming expansion. It is a centerpiece for that. You kind of have to keep in mind, too, that for World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft has like this cavalcade of villains. Mm-hmm. They they come, they show up, we destroy them, and then another one pops up to take their place. That doesn't We're... make much sense for film and for cinema. You want an easily identifiable enemy, one that's going to carry over and not necessarily, oh, here's the bad guy for this film. Look, he's dead. Okay, next Next keep, film, keep let's make too, another bad guy, you know. Keep in mind, too, that in, in, in WoW, we're on our second Gul'dan. Yeah, we are. Yes. We actually killed one Gul'dan, had to go to another universe. We to brought get back Gul'dan, one. the sequel. Yeah. Like, I'm Gul'dan, but I'm even eviler. I mean, seriously, like, the, the movie isn't going to have Gul'dan 2. No. Whereas in WoW, that's a thing that you can do. <laughs> Gul'dan to Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Gul'dan to. No, I, I've, I've got the rich taste of Gul'dan. You can't believe I'm not Gul'dan. Because <laughs> I am. Thank you for the question list. Next email is from, ooh, wow, that's a good name and I can't pronounce Unagadon? Yeah? Unagadon, uh, alliance player on Arathor, who says... Unujadon, but yeah. Unujadon, okay. okay. Anyway, he says, greetings, lore watchers. Is it explained why Medivh spared the quote-unquote plot armor orcs in the initial Elwyn skirmish? My first guess was that Orgrim, Duratan, and Garona hadn't attacked anyone. However, Blackhand and 
quote-unquote captured orc obviously had been. Even Duratan seemed confused watching the magic spread past him and draining orcs behind him. Was Medivh playing the long game here? Second question, who will be able to tell Goel his true name? As far as I can tell, only Blackhand, Duratan, and Draka knew that information. Thanks for your time, Unagadon. Um, actually, it's really simple who he kills yep. and who he doesn't kill. If you look closely, the orcs that die are killed because they re- they basically reject the fell inside them. It basically blows up out of them. The ones that don't, they might be green like Arona is, but they've not been actively made fell by Gul'dan. Even at that point, Blackhand hadn't been yet. The only orcs that die from his spell are the ones that have fell in them because yep. he's just literally, whatever he did deliberately hit that. He was targeting the fell. That's why. And as far as the Goel thing... I think that you have a couple different possible explanations. And one thing that we haven't really talked about in the movie yet, which is shamanism, my specialty. Yay. There is a whole thing where you talk to the spirits and you talk to your ancestors. I mean, it's entirely possible that Ogram Doomhammer gives him the tooth and says, this was your dad's. And next thing you know, he's communing with the spirits of his ancestors. And you have the whole Harry Potter thing with the, like, you know, Zeratan and Draco with their hands on his shoulders. Or, you know, the whole Star Wars thing. You're a shaman thrall. The whole Star Wars thing. Old Ogram Doomhammer is going to be playing by. <laughs> <laughs> But they're, they're all blue holograms. <laughs> there's just there's so many ways they could go about it, really. Ultimately, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, okay. I said it's true from a certain point of view, Thrall. I still like that. you're a shaman, Thrall. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, next email is from Calidus Hunter. Oh, yeah, Calidus Marshall Calidus Hunter Bone Tour. Who says watchers during the movie discussion? You talked about the Orgrim slash Gul'dan meeting when Gul'dan offered or I can't say anything today. The Orgrim Gul'dan meeting when Gul'dan offered Orgrim the fell. You said that after he refused Gul'dan, he then sent the orcs to kill the Frostwolf clan. The way I interpreted it was that he had already sent them to kill the Frostwolves, despite what Orgrim did. Would like to hear your thoughts. The novelization makes it clear. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, even yeah. even in the movie, it felt like it was clear that he he did that at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it, the novelization makes it clear. So you might want to pick that up. It's actually, I really liked the novelization. I thought it was really well done, and it cleared up a lot of those huh moments that I had when I was watching the movie. So if you have some of those, reading Golden's novel, probably a good idea. Uh, next email is from Marie, who says, Hi, and Matt and Joe. I love Lore Watch, and I listen every week. It's a nice perk for Patreons. My question for you is this. In the fight when Medivh cast the spell that killed only the fell-touched orcs, why did Garona not die? She's green. Being green it kind of ties into the previous one. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it ain't easy being green. She's green, but so is Thrall, and he's not fell-touched either. Um, the green is one thing. It, it means you've been exposed, but it's not the same as actually being fell-juiced. Because if you look, um, when Doomhammer gets juiced up, he doesn't turn green. He's still a brown orc. I have a really it's simple just... explanation for this. Go for it. Garona's his kid. He's not going to blow her up. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that, too. <laughs> that is the most easy explanation. Just, yeah. I, don't I was going to go he, with that, too. I don't know if he knew she was his kid yet at that point. Like, I don't know, because he, he hadn't even got a chance to, like, really look at well, her. Well, if he's looking if he's looking at all the internal logistics of these orcs and going, okay, which ones have the fell stuff? You know, while he's sitting there and Cadgar's, oh, you know, half me. Cadgar's Dude, talking about He's got maid's brain. Going. He can see inside of stuff. It's all good. 
Cadgar's sitting there in the bubble tugging his sleeve going, Medivh, 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 you should probably do something, Medivh. Oh my god, there's an orc right there, Medivh. And meanwhile, Medivh is just chilling, like, exploring what these orcs are and decides to, you know, detonate the fell orcs. He might have checked out Garona, gone, whoa, wait, she's half human? That's interesting. And the other- just decided to let her go. The other thing is it could have been keyed to like like a program, like a virus hunting program, like an antivirus where it's like, okay, spell, seek out, fell, comma, orc, comma, destroy, and she ignore slash human and, and the she's spell went, human. Yeah, the um, spell what went do I do with this orc, one? Oh orc. Yeah. Unhand- unhandled exception, skipping the next line. <laughs> and then it goes and does its thing. Would That's you like to upgrade to Windows ten? <laughs> <laughs> God God darn it, Clippy, no. I wish Clippy was still around. Are you kidding? Windows 10 needs Clippy. <laughs> <laughs> Clippy is the name of the fell works. All right. The next email. There are three movie, big movie questions here, but I'm, I'm just picking one of them because they said, you know, just pick the ones that interest you. And we have a lot of emails to get through. So uh, this one is from Gorquen, who says, Greetings, lore watchers. When Duratan challenges Gul'dan to a Megora, Gul'dan makes some comment to the effect of him being the chieftain of nothing, what with the Frostwolf Purge. But given the limited amount of orcs allowed in the initial warband, there should still be plenty of Frostwolves on Draenor, right? I find it hard to believe that Drek'thar, for example, would have been killed in the Purge without so much as a mention. That's yeah, but- kind of handled by the prequel book, actually. Even if they are still on, on Draenor... I mean, there are some there are some frost wolves back there because I know his mother's back there, but even so, he doesn't have any of them with him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even yeah, even if he'd been like, I still have frost wolves back. Yeah, and how are they going to get here through the portal? I'm going to open. No, maybe they're not. Maybe I'm going to open that portal and order them dead. You know, dead or dead yeah. doornail. So it doesn't it doesn't matter at that point. The frost wolves were persona non grata to Goldon. And thus the horde, whether or not there are still frostwolves around, yep. it doesn't it doesn't matter. I mean, granted, I'm sure Gul'dan would if Gul'dan hadn't killed them all. I'm certain that that's on his list of things to do. You know, I need to pick up green goo and carry it around in a cup. I need to kill the frostwolves. Uh, really, remember the cup full of green goo to offer to people and kill frostwolves. Yeah, that's all I got on my list. Oh, conquer Azeroth, conquer Azeroth. I almost forgot that one. Man, this cup of green goo is amazing. You guys should drink this. No, he got again with that. I promise it's only Ecto Cooler. <laughs> but no, um, and, and, they, and they handled that a little bit in the prequel book, too, and we talked about that, where, like, a lot of the Frostwolf clan has died off. Like, there is not a whole there's lot There's not left. a ton of them left. And the initial war band that came through the portal to Azeroth was the most able-bodied warriors from each clan. So there's still going to be some left over, but we don't know how many actually made it through onto Azeroth. Yeah. There could have been a very small number of them. Drek'thar may not be over through the portal. He okay, may still be wait, back on Draenor. Wait, I have to interject here, okay? Because the novelization... Dagnabbit! <laughs> Sorry. Okay, in the novelization, Drek'thar initially wasn't going to go through, but he kind of insisted on going through because he's a shaman, and apparently this new world is supposed to have the elements on it and he wants to see what those elements are he wants to talk to them so he goes along with palcar his assistant which by the way call back to world of warcraft lore mm-hmm. and yep. also drekthar's character in the novels and things like that um he does go through the portal he disguises himself he goes through the portal he does survive um i believe orgrim after the purge he like there's you know he's thinking over who has died and 
he makes a mental note that they haven't found Drekthar or Palkar anywhere. Like, they haven't found the bodies. So it's possible that they're still alive. He just doesn't know. He doesn't know if any of the Frostwolves have escaped beyond Draka. It's also totally possible that Drekthar just, at one point, before anything happened else in the movies, before the purge ever happened, is like, hey, yeah, we're going to go over to that mountain over there. That seems like good, a good idea. I'm going to nope out and go check that mountain. Yeah. Because why not? Or, oh, the, the elements are talking to me. They say I need to go far, far away. So I'm going to go do that while you guys stay here and do your thing. And I'm just not going to tell you guys about I'm going to go off and do oh, shaman Oh, man, this things. planet has talking bears. Awesome. I'm going to follow them. I'm going to follow those guys. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it honestly, I think that when he said that, you know, he's all the chieftain of nothing or whatever, it was Gul'dan trying to squash any of Duraton's confidence. And then, of course, you know, it offered Orgrim that opportunity to step up and go, he's still my chieftain, because he had to. Anyway, I really liked Orgrim in the movie. I thought he was he did great. A good job. always should have had. He did a good job with making his betrayal something that was personal. Yeah. And something that, you know, he obviously regretted. He just... Deeply he, regretted, yeah. He was just, you know, an orc who couldn't quite see beyond his own people. He couldn't see the humans as anything. We're going to we're gonna ally with those guys. Those teeth don't even look like they could bite you. Like, seriously, what are they going to do if they drop their swords? Bite? How are they going to bite? They can't bite with those teeth. Come on. They're small teeth. Look at their hands. They're so pink and tiny. Yeah, and their hands are, like, ridiculous. I can't even, like, they couldn't even put their entire head in their hand. Like, you you could totally, look, look go ahead, cover your hand with your, right there. That's the way it's supposed to work. Your hands are supposed to be at least as big as your head. This, these guys' hands are, like, half the size of their heads. I like that that scene where um, Duratan and Garona are talking, and he's got his hand over Cadgar's mouth, only instead mm-hmm. of over his mouth, it's just kind of, like, generally over his entire face, because it's just that big. Yeah, he's completely clamped <laughs> on. just like, you know, right over his face. And all you could see are Cadgar's terrified eyeballs sort of peeking out. All right, so we are to our last question. Oh my goodness, we made it through this entire list. What the heck? You guys are great. All right, uh, this one is from Bretak, who's a dwarf paladin. Clearly, by my race slash class, I'm biased to seeing Warcraft 2. We understand that entirely, Bretak. Anyway, he says, So, the ending of the Warcraft movie differs from the game canon in that Stormwind still stands, but a more important change is that the Dark Portal got shut down with the Horde divided. If they get a sequel, do they do Warcraft 2? I have an idea of how they could do Gul'dan's Fall and Orgrim's Rise, but based on what they've already given us, it's not interesting and not much of a coup or do they skip warcraft 2 and go straight to thrall slash arthas etc Bretak, what do you guys think well i definitely don't think they're going to go straight to thrall slash arthas um i think you were the one who pointed out that uh duncan jones is like i'd love to see that movie but i don't want to make it yeah yeah i want him to make that movie really duncan what are you doing i want to see you make that movie but okay Well, Um, well you know i honestly don't i'm like i'm of i'm the i'm of the opinion that they shouldn't destroy stormwind Mm-hmm. That the destruction of Stormwind was always a bad idea. It always made things too much. The destruction of Stormwind turns the orcs forever into villains. And you can never escape it. You can never say, you know, anything the orcs ever do to try and make any kind of place for themselves in the world, humans are always be like, oh, the guys that burned our city to the ground. Okay, what about Gul'dan makes Death Knights, Death Knights destroy Stormwind? Still the orcs' fault. So the yeah. orcs' fault, yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna, like, seriously. The problem is, Gul'dan himself is the orcs' fault. It, it's from the perspective of humans on Azeroth. It's not like they're gonna go, oh, it's. This is the problem of racism in general. It's like 
any group will always see a bad member of an outside group as representing the group, but bad members of their own group as, you know, loners and, and, and renegades. Gul'dan is obviously not representative of all orcs. I mean, if you look at the way Gul'dan acts, he's his own orc, and the things he does are on him. But even but, Lothar, who had that kind of reinforcement that all orcs aren't bad in the film, sort of had that erased at the end when he found Garona's knife embedded yeah. in Lane's neck. So there's, there's yeah, but even gonna... then, like that was the other thing, though. You hadn't you had uh, Cadgar going. We don't know the whole story, so it's entirely possible that there, there's redemption waiting to happen, at least in some form, some way, but, shape, or form. Yeah, but ultimately, the destruction of Stormwind basically puts their relations in a place where nothing can it, it can't be equalized. And well, the problem is, that it's always been tried to be equalized. If you look at people who actually play World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. you always hear like the result. The the other side is, well, you burned down Stormwind. Oh, you put us in camps, and the response is always. Yes, we put you in camps. We didn't kill you. You tried to kill us. You burned down our city and killed everybody who was still in it. And that's if you if you go that route, the problem is is what you do next. Warcraft 3, it's going to be a long road to hoe. On the other hand, if you do it and you do it right, it can be a good part of Thrall's story because Thrall obviously is the guy that tries to redeem his people. But there's like a whole back and forth here. Honestly, I think if they're going to destroy Stormwind, it shouldn't be at the beginning of the movie, nor should it be at the end of a movie. It should be right in the middle of the movie. It should be the climactic part of Act 2, because then you set up Act 3 as the what do we do now. And then you have that big old battle at the end. Yeah, you basically go with, if you start it with Act 1, Gul'dan builds the Horde, the Alliance tries to build up its forces. Act 2, Gul'dan strikes, You take out. he takes out Stormwind, uh, it's, everything's coming up, Gul'dan... Act three, you know, um, revenge of the humans. They they get everyone together. They come up with a last ditch effort and they take Gul'dan out. That works for a movie's, you know, it's three dramatic peaks. But if you start off with Stormwind destroyed, then you have to make the entire movie about that. And I yeah. don't think that that's a good movie. In yeah, my true. I'm I'm kind of in the camp though, firmly firmly in the camp of you don't even need to destroy Stormwind at this point. Like, you've already established a different line of lore. You've already established a different style of storytelling. You can stick to political assassinations and, you know, small murders that spark bigger conflicts. Things like that are fine. But I think that if you sack Stormwind, you're taking too much out of what could potentially be a whole other story because that greatly skews everything. Now, will it be thrown in? I mean, maybe. We saw a lot of a lot of the classic beats in the this movie from the original storyline, like these these very iconic beats that were put in, you know, the the death of Elaine and and all those other items that happened. But this is one that I I really hope they shy away from because I think it makes it a more interesting dynamic as far as villains go when it's a little more thoughtful than you destroyed our capital. Oh, Lord, you you murdered all of us. You know, it makes it a little more calculating. It makes it a little more less mob mentality, a little more personal, a little more personal. And it makes it it makes it easier to paint Gul'dan as an even greater evil source depending on what he does, if he doesn't destroy Stormwind. You could do so much more with him by not doing that. Plus, I mean, there is the problem of we don't actually have other human cities established very well. At this well. point, yeah. Not yet. I, mean, not we have I think a couple get mentioned. Snooty representatives from other cities, but we don't have those other cities. Dalaran, that's like the only other city we saw. That and Ironforge, but we didn't see the other human nations at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't see Lordaeron. We didn't see... The, the thing is, is that, you know, there is a lot going on here so 
who knows? I mean, ultimately, who knows what they're going to do? The, the entirety of the next movie might be about, you know, girding for war, and we might not get a Warcraft 3, Warcraft 3 type feeling. We might get something entirely different. So, I think it's in good hands, though. I really I have, do. I think it's in good hands. I think that the, the kind of distillation of that story worked out really well for the movie franchise. I have a lot of faith in Duncan Jones, not just because of the way he makes movies and that I'm a fan of his previous movies, but I know he's also a fan of the material. And it's very evident if you watch this movie and anything going forward. If he's allowed to put his touch on the things that we already love, it's going to be, as in my opinion, it's going to be good. And I think that if we let him tell the story or maybe have him sit down and everybody collectively says, how could we make this story better than what it was? I think what we're going to get is actually going to wind up being more entertaining than some of the other story beats we've had. And it's going to be a little more impactful. And I'm on board for that. Yeah, I like his interpretation of the universe. And it's really obvious, you know, when you watch the film that it was created and crafted by not just Duncan Jones, but like everybody else in the cast who understand or understood what Warcraft was, like at least had some kind of initial understanding of what it was. Um, so you can kind of, it's in good hands. It's just, it's in good hands. I don't think that they could have picked a better person than Jones. I don't think I would have wanted to see Sam Raimi's interpretation of World of Warcraft, honestly. <laughs> I don't think I would have wanted to see it by anybody else. Um, so yeah, that wraps us up for the emails today. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. And because I've been talking about it like throughout all of these questions, um, for you guys, listeners of Blizzard Watch, Audible's offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you guys the opportunity to check out their service they have the warcraft novelization there you can get that as your freebie you could get duratan as your freebie if you wanted to both of these kind of help explain what's going on a little bit more and they're both by christy golden who is so familiar with the warcraft universe and has written so many books for it already that honestly i i couldn't see anybody else doing those interpretations <laughs> She handles it beautifully. You can download those or you can download many of Blizzard's other titles as well as many, many, many others at blizzardwatch.com slash audible. Just sign up for the trial. You can get your free book and there you go. Um, that pretty much wraps us up for this episode of Lore Watch. So I guess, yeah, final thoughts, Joe? I want to thank everybody for all the questions, which led to a lot of great discussions. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm also going to say thank you for continuing to be patrons, not only if you donate money, but listening and offering us any sort of page views, anything else, just coming to our site and, and keeping us going, because that means a lot to us. And giving us stuff to talk about. Giving us stuff to talk about. I love it. And you got a whole lot more of me this episode, so I hope you enjoyed that as well. Rossi, final thoughts? Apparently all we have to do to give Joe more time is for me to get real tired. <laughs> Before every episode of Lore Watch from now on, Joe will be coming by my house with a loud horn and some squirty water. <laughs> no, wake up! Oh God, please let me sleep. Nope, you have a podcast. I want to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> Thank you again, guys, for all of your questions. You've been listening to Lore Watch, and we will see you in two weeks. 